This is Keep It 100, a podcast from Spotswood Creative that is designed to keep it real and honest about worship practices in the 21st century. We want to help you work through those issues like choosing worship songs, leading as a volunteer, worship stereotypes, worship conflicts, and figuring out if the theology is right in the song you just love or if you should just put it away. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Keep It 100. Bailey, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. So just to kind of uh, dive back into the topic, we talked about uh, the Worship War One. We talked about the good, bad, and ugly of traditional worship, the good, bad, and ugly of contemporary worship. And this week we're going to talk about how do we get out of this worship war? Mm. Um, because I think the God-honoring thing um, is for believers to not be at each other's throats about. Um, I wouldn't even at this point describe this as a tertiary issue. This is even lesser than that. Mm. This is a just a little squabble at this point. You know, <laughs> That's a good word. Um, squabble. squabble. <laughs> yeah. So how do how do we get out of worship war? One, Bailey. What do you know? What are some? What are your thoughts on some of that? And then we'll dive into four different things that'll get us out. I mean, when it all comes down to it, like, what's the goal, like, of the church and of worshiping? And, I mean, we've talked a little bit about this in the previous podcast, but to bring glory and honor to God. So how do we do that, and how do we set aside our preference in order to truly worship? And sometimes that is uncomfortable. Yeah. And makes us not happy because we're human. Thanks, Adam and Eve. Yeah, way to go. <laughs> Shout out, Adam and Eve. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because they're listening to this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, you, I, I think I've said it. I think I said it when we were talking about the what is Spotswood Creative. And, I, Bailey, I know you've heard me say this before, but, like, if our luxuries were taken away from us, do you think we would honestly be having this conversation right mm. now? Everything everything about Worship War One when it comes to traditional and contemporary worship, um, about Anything that involves one side not liking the other mm-hmm. ultimately comes down to which luxury do I like more? Mm, yeah. You know, yeah. do you like more of a classical, you know, maybe white collar worship music experience, you know, mm-hmm. or do you like more of a uh, modern, maybe more trendy, some some would consider maybe even more of a blue collar experience? Yeah. Uh, depending on where you are in the country, you know, like it's, I mean, I, I, I just have a hard time believing that our, our brothers and sisters in third world countries are sitting around complaining about the instrumentation at worship. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> it's, it's a first world prob. Yeah. Like that was a thing, you know, that a joke people made like five years ago. It's like, oh, first world probs. But like, that's genuinely a first world prob. <laughs> the, the worship war one is the ultimate, it's the ultimate American flex. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, well, I shouldn't say American flex. It's the ultimate, like, American Christian church flex. Yeah. Like, why? I mean, there are people dying, going to hell, and we're having this conversation. Yeah, yeah. And that's <laughs> ultimately what it comes down to, which is difficult. Um, and I think, you know, talking about, like, the church and, like, what the goal is, choosing unity despite our differences is huge. Yeah. Um, and, like, the worship war, like, all, this worship war um, specifically because... I mean, sometimes that means that 
you know, high schoolers, you might be tired of hearing the hymns that we're singing, but if the traditional service, you know, which is our 930 service right now, like if that's yep. the only one you can come to, sometimes you have to choose to be unified with the church and worship, and that might mean singing a few hymns. Right. I mean, like if you, I mean, would you rather not? Yeah. Engage with your with your heavenly father this week? Yeah. You know, would you rather not worship God this week because you didn't have that you know, you didn't have the the beat from the drum set you wanted or you yeah. didn't have that you know, we talked about last last week we talked about old church basement. Well, I wanted to hear old church basement this week. Yeah. Why don't we do old church ba- like Yeah. Listen to yourself. Yeah. And that's not to say that you have to be <laughs> You know, you have to be standing in our auditorium at Spouse Baptist Church in order to worship. Correct. No. But congregational worship is, I believe, to be crucial. Oh, it's a command. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things. I mean, that's something that we've talked about a lot just at Spotswood in general. That's something we're trying to figure out is, you know, how how are how are we making it known that congregational is Congregational worship is just as important um, because sometimes like it is kind of tossed to the side, especially in our modern day, you know, where people are worshiping online and um, people are, they've been really hurt by the church, but that doesn't mean they're not Christians or believers. And so it's sometimes congregational worship can be a sore spot, Um, but it is unifying. And like you said, I mean, it's, it's a command, not only for, our church, but for the big C church. Yep. Absolutely. So, um, it's, it's important that you actively, I think sometimes we forget that we have a choice to behave and act the way that we yeah act. Yeah. It's like we, we get so caught up in our convictions that we forget we have a choice. Yeah. And when I say convictions, I'm not talking about your theological, deep seated theological convictions that you need to have like Jesus died on the cross for your sins and that you should share that with people. Like that's, that's something that's a duh. You don't give something like that up. Yeah. But I think that, um, you know, liking a violin over an electric guitar, it should, you know, they're, they, they produce tone in similar ways. They're just played differently and one requires electricity. Um, <laughs> like to, to say you can't worship, because of one or the other that just speaking frankly is rather selfish yeah and just because you may not like the preference of the person next to you should not determine whether you can worship with them and alongside them Um, Do do you remember do you remember back like it was like six or seven years ago when like every every instagram post ever had um some some girl just like she just kept saying, "I just can't. I, I just, I just can't. I just can't." And you just sitting there going, "Why can you just not? Like what? What? What is it?" And and nine times out of ten, it was just. I shouldn't say nine times out of ten. Like six times out of ten, it was the girl just being ridiculous about her preference, right? Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't say, and it, and it's not fair to just say girls. There are guys that were doing the same thing. I would say that kind of stuff, you know. Um, right. But I feel like we're doing that. We have that mentality about w- worship music style. I can't. Yeah, I, I, ju- can't. I just can't. I just can't. <laughs> I can't sing that that bridge ten times. Those Seven Eleven choruses, I just can't do it. I I can't sing that thou and thee and low and all that kind of stuff. The the old English words and some of those hands. Yeah. I just can't. Yeah. I just can't. Why can't you? 
Yeah. Really, why can't you? I watch Bailey every, almost every Sunday learn new songs that she has no clue about. And and she sincerely doesn't just complain about them. She doesn't. She just does it. <laughs> she jokes around about not knowing it. but she, well, It's not really a joke. It's just true. Yeah. But, like, she chooses going to the choice piece. She chooses to do it. Why? Because, number one, she feels called to be a worship leader at Spotswood Baptist Church. And she knows that there's a, a congregation of people in Spotswood that it's her responsibility alongside me to lead them in worship. So she makes a choice to look past something that she doesn't know and understand to lead you in worship. Yeah. Well, and this is uh, this is not in my defense. It's more just for, like, um, clarity's sake. I am not, like, though I'm on staff here as a worship leader, mm -hmm. it is not in my, I guess, job description that I lead in the traditional service. Correct. So I'm I'm not paid to lead. I mean, I guess I mean I'm working still, but I'm not yeah. I'm not paid. I guess quote unquote to lead in the traditional service. There are some Sundays where I sit out and go to the young adults gathering. Yep. Because, um, you know that's just something that we kind of worked out to do. But to bring a little bit more clarity to the situation, instead of just being like, well, Bailey gets paid to worship that way. It's like, well, not. No, she's I guess she's I actually cho <laughs> she's choosing to. Yeah, and that's again not to commend me in any way, but I guess way to, to pat yourself on the back. No, but just, just to kind of <laughs> eliminate that excuse for people to make of like, well, we're not getting paid to go to traditional service, right. so we're not going to. It's like, well, I mean, part of yes, part of my job is to help create unity and foster it, and so that's why I choose to help lead in the traditional service, not because it is my preference, really. Yeah, it's she. She's choosing out of conviction to do the right thing. Yeah, and there are some contemporary services where we're singing songs that I don't prefer to sing. Right. In all reality, and I do get paid to lead in that one. Right. <laughs> and once again, out of conviction, she chooses to lead. Like it's at some point you you have to say, you know, yeah, I have a preference, and it's okay for you to have a preference. It's yeah. also okay for you to. Have, but that preference should not become a roadblock between you worshiping and not with someone else that may have a different preference than you. Yeah, and that is not limited to just congregational, like or con congregation participants. That's that comes to worship leaders as well. And I guess that's the point we're trying to make is um, even when it comes to like I'm just going to use me as an example. It's much easier to speak for myself than for anybody else, but. Like when it comes to scheduling songs for contemporary worship, like there was a discussion Josh and I had yesterday where I was like, I really like this song, but I don't think that it needs to be in the service. I think we need to switch it out. Yep. And Josh was like, I agree for this reason, this reason, this reason. So though I had originally chosen that song, there was a part of me that was like, I don't think we need to do it on this Sunday. Even though I love the song, I think it's great. Um, I think there's a time and a place for it. But that was kind of me having to set aside my preference i don't even remember what we replaced it with. oh i do so we replaced <laughs> it with a great song but yeah. but it was one of those things it was not my original choice right to replace that song but you know we have to evaluate and yes yeah, set aside our preferences and sometimes we fail at it especially as leaders when we have the choice to to choose what we want well and and i i miss, i kind of missed the day and this i'm gonna sound like an old man I miss the day when you could go into a meeting with somebody with two people that completely disagreed and you could look at them and say, we're not coming out of this room until we agree. Yeah. Even if we uh, choose to disagree on things, yeah. 
we're going to come out of this meeting and we're both going to be on the same team and we're going to do the same thing. Even if one of us isn't 100% on board with it, nobody's going to know. We're going to put a smile on our face. We're going to do it. We're a team. Yeah. I miss that day. In the in the day of the cancel culture that we live in right now, that's like out the window. It's yeah. it's like it's either my way or the highway. And if it's not my way, then I'm just done with you. And that's that's not godly. That's not – it's divisive. Yeah. It's intentionally divisive, which goes into the next thing uh, the next thing I think that will get us out of worship war one, um, as a congregation, both on, on both sides, the traditional and the contemporary side and everything in between, stop choosing to dislike people because of their musical preference. Yeah. Like if it, it may surprise you, some traditional folks, it may surprise you. We have some older folks that come in our contemporary service that show up with in suit and tie Every single Sunday. Mm. Every single Sunday. And they're out there worshiping, fully connected in, in, what, in what's going on with our contemporary worship service. It also, contemporary folks, it may surprise you, there are students that show up in shorts and t-shirts and come to our traditional service. Yeah. It's not that the, these people are not choosing to dislike each other because of the way they look. And I think that's important or the way that they, what their preferences are. In fact, I would venture to guess that probably some of the people that come to the contemporary service that, that may look a little older, it may just be a connect group thing. Yeah, They may be, they may have to go to that service because their connect group meets. They're actively choose they potentially, hypothetically, they're actively choosing to go to a service because they want to engage with God, not because of the instrumentation that's on the stage. Yeah. Yeah. Man, the maturity. Yeah. That's as a group. And I'm not talking about just Spotswood. I'm talking about Capital C Church. If we could all have that kind of maturity, it's like, you know what? It's, I, even it, even when we didn't have an instrument, we're just standing here singing. I'm just glad to be here because I'm with my Father. Yeah. We Because of what Jesus did on the cross, we have the ability to worship Him in any way, shape, or form anywhere. And we don't need somebody to do it for us. Yeah, yeah. You know, we often forget that there used to be a dude that would have to do it for you. Mm. You, you, you weren't allowed into the Holy of Holies. Yeah. You weren't allowed to go pray for yourself. You know, um, you, <laughs> you had to like kill an animal and put your put the blood of the animals on this big old rug and put it on the hands of the priest, and then they had to say this like blessing over it, and then he would go in like once a year. And, it was and, like, a whole thing. It was a whole deal. <laughs> yeah, and like, and Jesus took it away like that, mm. and. And what we did is we replaced those animals with preferences. Yeah. And it's it's just got to stop. So stop choosing to dislike people because of their preference. Stop choosing to do that. The next thing, choose to love worshiping God together more than your own preference. Mm. Choose saying, you know, grand grandchild. I would rather worship with my grandparents than not. Yeah. Uh, parent, I would rather worship with my child than not. Yeah. That's more important than the kind of instrument that's on the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for people that have gone through tragedy, stuff like that's a lot easier. But people that have never really dealt with some some sort of form of just tragedy where they've about lost that person, those those people in their lives that are very important to mm-hmm. 
those things aren't typically things that they think about. Like a couple weeks ago, Bailey talked about, you know, her grand her grandmother that watches the, uh, every service every Sunday at Spotswood mm-hmm. because Bailey's on it. And you know, sometimes it's important, younger generation, when your parent or when your grandparents or your parents invite you to go to that traditional service. Sometimes you should just go. Yeah. And quit rolling your eyes. Quit getting upset. Quit acting like it's this big burden. Um, because somebody wants to worship God with you. Yeah. And you may not always get that. Yeah. You know? Uh, and and flip flip the table. You know, grandparent that just hates the drum set. You know, maybe... It's always the drum set. It's always the drum set. <laughs> maybe it's better... If your grandkid wants to worship with you, huge. Just go. Just yeah. go. Get if it's too loud, take earplugs, you know, fi- figure it out because it's more important for you to love worshiping God together with people that are different than you or in a different generation than you than for you to cling to that preference because yeah. one day your preference is going to burn up and go away. Yeah. All of us. But the soul of your child that wants to worship God mm-hmm. is going to be with you in eternity mm-hmm. if he believes that he or she believes that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of their life. Yeah. That that is eternal investment. Preference is this life investment. Like it's going to go away. Right. So love worshiping God more together than separate. Yeah. And strive for it, long for it, chase after it. And you know? so often worship is so much better together. <laughs> like, what is it that um, our college pastor, Tyler Cooper, just hung up a sign in the college building? And what does it say? Um, together can't. together is better connected. Yes. And it's so true. And worship connects us as a body. Um, and if we have the roadblock of a preference, then, man, what are we doing? Sure. Um. And I mean, Josh, this next thing you said this earlier, and it was a it was a time where I was like, "Come on, come what? on," and it's he said that you have to understand that worship music style has changed for thousands of years. Thousands of years, thousands. thousands. I took an entire class in college called the history of worship music, and you probably didn't touch it all. No, no, <laughs> I have an entire book. That now, granted, I probably didn't read half of it because I was I was sure. in college, and you know it's just what you do is you buy books to not read them. But skim, skim yeah. them, quote unquote. But it was this huge book of the evolution of worship music, sure. And it worship has changed for thousands of years, but through that change, many things have remained the same. And this is what made me say Shanana is your <laughs> theology should never be shaken because of an instrumental change. Yeah, come on. It it shouldn't, like, if, if first, if you can't grasp that there wasn't an organ 2,000 years ago or there wasn't a drum set 2,000 mm. years ago, you know, um, instrumentation when David marched the ark back into Jerusalem was looked very different than yeah. it does right yeah. now. Um, probably the closest thing to the instruments that they used back then were trumpets, Today would be like a version of a trumpet and a version of a guitar. And when I say version, it's like a hybrid between a guitar and a harp, you know, and and they had cymbals, but cymbals not like what you're thinking of. And do, do you ever wonder, Josh, like, did it actually sound pretty? Like, did it actually sound like what our version? Because, like, they didn't know what key, like, 
they they created that. They created keys. Yeah, right? like they 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 had to create their own modes and create their own yeah music the, theory. They were and just like, oh, this sounds nice. <laughs> yeah, like they had to figure it out, and <laughs> and I'm that sure we need. Yeah, things that we all, like identify our worship music with, are to for it to sound good. They were just like, oh well, this this could work. <laughs> oh, one hundred percent. Like I would I would even venture to say things that happened like back in the. 13, 14, 15, 1600s, you know, people in biblical times mm-hmm. would have been blown away. Oh, my goodness. Like, you can create that kind of sound. And now with, with you know, the ability to create things digitally, mm. you they wouldn't know what to do with it. Like, they, yeah. I, I think, you know, I think they would probably freak out um, because they, they wouldn't understand, comprehend taking in that many sounds at one time. Mm-hmm. But the thing that that I think is important to recognize here is with all of those instrumental changes, you don't want to lose the theology. Mm-hmm. It's got to stay the same. The theology's got to stay the same. And and if ever, like a few weeks ago, we talked about a song that um, I think it was championed by Bethel. Um, we talked about how the inflection, the vocal line, drew attention to um, the person as opposed to the authority mm-hmm. of Jesus. If at any point in time the instrumentation or the way things are written lyrically draws away from the theology, then you, you have something you need to talk about and figure out if you need to keep doing things the way mm-hmm. that you're doing. Um, I I worry about um, I worry about people going too far with that mm-hmm. and using it as a tool to just it's like a tool to dismiss whatever you want to dismiss. Because yeah. you can't go too far with it. Um, but also, I worry about people that have no sort of grid that they put their worship music through. Mm-hmm. And it's just like whatever pops up up there, as long as everybody's hooting and hollering, then we're good. You know, that that's a little worrisome. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, one of the things we have to be careful of coming out of Worship War One is how do we make sure that we keep the main thing the main thing and not the focus on instrumentation, but the focus is on Jesus and what and the whole what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives right now. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Bailey, before we before we move on, what we talked about before this podcast was it's important to for us to move out of this to embrace the good side of traditional worship, the heritage, mm-hmm. the consistency, um, the melodic content being fairly easy. Pretty much anyone can participate in worship leadership in some sort of capacity, and most of the time the theology is pretty sound. It's really important that we keep that. Yeah, that's that's the good, um, that's the good in traditional worship and the good in contemporary worship. Some of the stuff Bailey talked about last week is, um, you know, we don't want our worship services to be intimidating to people yeah. that have never, either have never been to church before or had a bad church. I mean, church, we got to own that that we've done some stuff that we wish we hadn't years ago. And it may have been hundreds of years ago. Like that. And and it's okay to own those things and say, okay, so how do we, how do we move out of that? How do we fix it? Um, modern day, we want to keep modern day worship create like creators still creating. We don't want them to go away. We need our generation needs a voice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and introducing those new things like the instrumentation and vocalization that maybe, you know, hymns don't have. Um, and, and we love that it's, 
the focus is on Holy Spirit driven as opposed to liturgy driven. Like we right. love that about contemporary worship and the the more engaging aspect that lends itself to, you know, being more energetic and grabbing someone's attention. Like those are the really great things about contemporary worship and what can be useful for them. Yeah, like so so there are goods on both sides and, and I think I would venture to say not 100% of the people are going to agree with us that all those are good. Yeah. There are probably some people out there that would say, well, you know, the whole the whole poke, you know, poke the hole in the culture, that culture. You got disclaimer culture. You got people that poke holes Josh in everything. Josh creates, creates words for cultures. Yes. It's one of his, his Josh-isms. Yes, yeah, my Josh, Josh-ism. But if we can keep all those good things from the traditional side and the contemporary side and then delete the bad stuff and the ugly stuff, mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, the with the traditional worship, we don't want to delete music notation altogether, but maybe we can simplify it so more people can be a part. Yeah. Uh, with the contemporary worship, you know, we don't, you know, we talked about a concert last week. We don't, we don't want it to feel like an entertainment venue. Mm-hmm. Um, so how can we get rid of that without doing away with excellence? Yeah. You know. Um, how can we not have that fame culture thing we talked about? How can we not intimidate people who weren't raised in the church mm-hmm. traditional side? You know, how how can we how can we exit all of this and come out under under one roof as one worship culture? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I I don't know that I have all the answers to it. Um, I think I have some, but not all of them because I haven't been around long enough and I don't <laughs> know enough. Um. But I do think the starting point is is choosing unity despite our differences. Stop choosing to dislike people just to dislike them. My yeah. goodness. Um, I mean, Lord, I remember growing up, my, my mom making me play with kids that I didn't like. Mm. Making me play with kids I didn't like. Mom, I don't like them. Well, you're going to go play with them. You you're going to get over it. You know what my mother would say? What? Well, I would say, they're kind of annoying. And she said, well, they probably think you're annoying too. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> Epitome of a Southern mom. Yes. Like, well, they don't like you either, but you're, you you got to play with them. Yeah. And yeah. and what I usually found out is one of two things. Number one, I'm going to have to deal with that person no matter what. I'm yeah. not getting out of this. Um, So I may not like them, and I may not have to like them, but I, I'm going to have to deal with them, and I'm going to have to exist with them. Yeah. Or number two, which was usually the, usually the case, I ended up liking them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I well, ended up liking them. Something else, Susan would say, "Jesus died for them too." <laughs> oh, Susan, <laughs> she's right. Uh, choose to love worshiping God together more than your own preference. If if your grandkid wants you to worship with them, go worship with them. If your grandparent wants you to go worship with them, go worship with them. Mm-hmm. Quit making excuses for why you shouldn't. Yeah. Um, and. Ultimately, understand the worship music style has changed for thousands of years, and as long as we keep the message the same and the and the, the new musical changes don't detract from the theological message, you're going to be okay. Yeah. You're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. All right? All right, yay, nay, or pray. Bailey, take I it away. I can't wait for this one. Yeah, this is, this is kind of, <laughs> it's low-hanging fruit. <laughs> um, I had never heard this song before, ever. Josh read me the lyrics. I couldn't even tell you the melody. Um, Josh, tell us about... <laughs> I'm giggling because it's just... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. God of Earth and Outer Space. Okay, so God of Earth and Outer Space. I'm not really sure 
I don't think it's in the t- 2008 hymnal. It may be. It may be. Um, and I will say this is – we shouldn't have talked about preferences. This is one of my preferences. I, I just think it's an odd song. <laughs> um, there's some things in it that are not incorrect, but it's just odd. God of Earth and Outer Space. It sounds okay. It kind of reminds you of God uh, God be – or was it Galaxy? I was just holy. about to say, this is the old version of God of Wonders. Yeah, God of Wonders. God of Wonders beyond our, our galaxy. galaxy. That's it. I mean, kind of like the indescribable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You place the stars in the like, – th- that was the science song for me growing up. Yes. So, so well, this person um, – Let's see, Thad Roberts Jr. or Tad Roberts Jr. Um, wrote the song God of Earth and Outer Space. And the lyrics go, God of Earth and Outer Space, God of Love and God of Grace. So far, we're good. Bless the astronauts <laughs> who fly as they soar beyond the sky. Getting a little weird now. Mm-hmm. God who flung the stars in space. God um, who set the sun ablaze. Fling the spacecraft through the air. Let man know your presence there. Now... <laughs> it it was I'm pretty sure this was written in a, in the time when like it was the great space race you know who can get to the moon first so on and so forth and I and I get it moon. I get it and it's there there are some weird things let man know your presence there let man know talking about God's presence being on the moon you know that it's just it's just a little weird it's a little weird for me um God of atmosphere and air, God of life and planets bare. Use man's courage and his skill as he seeks your holy will. God of depth and God of height, God of darkness, God of light. As man walks in outer space, teach him how to walk in grace. It's just very... It, this guy was trying to write a song, I'm assuming. I needed to look it's up. Very like, specific. It's very specific. Niche, if you will. Very... By niche, I mean, it's... <laughs> it is... Yeah, it's it's just it's just odd. Now, for me, for me, I'm not saying that the song is theologically incorrect. It's so specific. But it's so specific. For me, it's it's probably a nay for worship at Spotswood. I'm okay? sorry that I keep laughing, you guys. This is genuinely the first time I've ever heard these lyrics. <laughs> so it's, it's just really funny to me. It's just very odd. Um, like the the next verse, God of man's exploring mind, God of wisdom, God of time. I mean, all these things make sense. Like that's you're not going to. It, it just kind of it it makes me laugh. Like I had a friend who, one of her like party tricks. Yes. Part, I mean, it was just like a like a friend icebreaker thing. Is like you could point out any item in the room, and she would impersonate a pastor and relate that item back to a sermon oh my goodness and that's what this reminds me of yes like like when she took when we pointed out the blinds and said make that make that a biblical like comparison and she did this whole thing and related it back to like we have to open the blinds of our life and let the light of the lord in and it was hilarious yes but that's like what this is it's like someone said hey thad Tad, whatever your name yes. is, I dare you to write a worship song about astronauts. That is incredibly like, specific. He was like, say less. Yes. And he did it. <laughs> and I, I mean, I have to applaud him. I yeah, have to applaud I'm, him. There is nothing incorrect in this, but the fact that he can relate an astronaut all the way back to the nativity, which yes. is the last verse. And he does that. <laughs> 
He does it. He does it. Give him credit. Credit where credit's due, Tad. Well, and like, I mean, going back to the God of wisdom, God of time, launch us from complacency. He's using words that are very specific to a launch, launch. right? To a world in need of thee, God of power, God of might, God of rockets firing bright. If if you are if you work for NASA and you're listening to this, yeah, I, I pray one day that when you're flying through space, you can sing this. Yeah, I mean, like I it's pray, that is my prayer for this song. It's very specific, and it's not that it's bad. So if there there may be somebody listening that likes this song, I'm sorry, I, I I'm not trying to insult anybody's intelligence. I'm not you. trying to insult anybody's tastes. Um, going back to what we talked about a little bit ago, I'm not. This is not my. This is not me trying to demean somebody because of what they like. I just don't think this is a good song for corporate worship on a regular basis. Yeah. So for me, it's a nay, um, but should definitely be a pray if you want to consider it. Yes. For me, it's a nay. The person I know closest that maybe could relate to this, Brian Donnelly, if you're listening, which you always do. He always listens. You always do. He, Brian's a pilot. Yes. Getting hey. close, getting closer to space than any any, any of us in this room will. on a daily basis. On a daily basis, I hope that this song you is relatable to you. Yes. I hope that you can use it. <laughs> yeah, so there it is, uh, man. We're spiraling, baby. Get us out of this. I got a giggle. All right, man. <laughs> well, as always, we want to hear your questions. Please continue to ask them and connect with us um, on social media at Spotswood Creative on Instagram and Facebook, or you can email us at Spotswood Creative at Spotswood.org. Um, be sure to rate the podcast and share it, and we will be back next week um, to continue the conversation. And until then, Josh, keep it 100.